Welcome to another episode of For Whom the Bell Saves. I'm Brian. I'm Leslie. How's it going? It's going good, Brian. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Um, so we're about to embark upon episode five. Yay! Uh, <laughs> you excited? I'm so excited. The, the episode we're about to watch is a special, not a very special episode, but a special episode in that it is um, intense. And so I, I kind of don't want to, you know, go into that. I just kind of want to go over a couple of random Say by the Bell trivia facts that uh, we haven't really talked about before. Two in particular, um, and maybe we should be on the lookout for watching these particular uh, facts because they're, they, we could notice them in the, in, in the act of watching. Um, the first is that apparently in Mr. Belding's office, one of the degrees that he has on his wall is for Kung Fu. He has a degree in Kung Fu. He has a degree in Kung Fu, and it is above the filing cabinet next to his desk. Above the filing cabinet. Place so. of honor. <laughs> okay, so he fought in Vietnam. He did. He has a degree in Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So he's a he's a well-rounded sport. <laughs> um, the other one I want to talk about. This is this one I just I can't even fathom that this is true, but I guess it is. The set of the school uh, where almost the entire show place takes place. Bay- Bayside High. Bayside High has never entirely been struck down. It still exists somewhere? To this day. May we go visit it? Possibly. <laughs> is this in is this in Hollywood somewhere? Yeah, it's in Los Angeles. So if we took like the right studio tour, could we see this? I don't set? know. So apparently it has like keep in mind the the set was was built or at least it existed as early as 89 and we're 25 years past that now. Um it has it, parts of it ha- at least have been used and redressed in shows like That's So Raven and iCarly. <laughs> oh, iCarly. iCarly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like not the, the ruins of the Coliseum. <laughs> Transcendental. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I can't believe that that's true. And then the last trivia fact I want to talk about is, um, <laughs> so, Mark Paul Gossler, he plays Zach. Um, I, I know I know that by now, Brian. Okay. You can just, you can refer to their, well, you can refer to some of their actors' names. Mark Paul Gosling. Gosler. <laughs> Gosling. <laughs> he's, oh, hey, he's, girl. He's, Like Gosling isn't a baby goose. Like, <laughs> it's kind of a baby goose, all downy. <laughs> so no, yeah, Mark What's Paul fuck? Gosler. Go- yeah, Gosler. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin Diamond. Um, oh, uh, m- m- yeah, that, that. <laughs> God damn it! Mm-hmm. What is AC Slater's name? Mario, Mario Lopez. Lopez. Mario Lopez. Um, oh, and what is Jesse's name? Elizabeth Berkeley. Elizabeth Berkeley. That's right. Yeah. And um, then. And then I don't remember what Lisa's name. 
her name is Lark Vuries, and Kelly is, uh, at the time, it was Tiffany Amber Theason, and now it's just Tiffany Theason. Why did she get rid of the Amber? I think it was her middle name. I think it, like, she just got rid of it. She was just like, fuck this middle name. Well, I mean, I think she just, like, for, you know, credit purposes, just shortened it. Mm. Sometimes that happens. There's maybe she just maybe she did just forget it. I could see her just forgetting one of her names. Oh crap! She's not very smart. There's somebody who, when they started acting, they were credited as like blank, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then became. Oh yes, my favorite actor. And then blank, became blank. blank, blank. But it was like someone big. Oh yeah, somebody bigger than Tiffany Amber whatever okay so back to this trivia part of this back to back to what we came here to do uh so mark paul gossler um so his hair exceptionally blonde (sighs) yes (laughs) in order to sustain that he had to dye his hair blonde every two weeks i think you i think you might have mentioned this before i don't know if it was in a podcast it might have been you told me this outside of it but it doesn't matter because it's really good his I, i like thinking about like how scabby and itchy his scalp must have been for all those years. Yeah, I mean, it's, to, to be honest, I think it's kind of remarkable. Like, you see him today, and he has, like, a lush, beautiful head of hair as a, you know, young yeah. 40-something, and it's kind of amazing that all of his hair didn't just fucking fall out. He does have brain damage, though. So. It's not good. <laughs> He's about to die. <laughs> yes. um, Tumors. So the episode, unfortunately, is a more Screech-centric episode. Oh, God, I feel like there have been like seven Screech episodes. We've, we've only seen five of them. We've only seen four of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to watch the fifth one. Uh, when um, is Screech just going to go away? And uh, this episode is called Screech's Woman. Mm. I guess one could infer that it might have something to do with... Uh, Screech's love life, which might be, like, the worst possible plotline for you. Your thoughts? That's it? Those are my thoughts. Yeah. Um, I will say, in defense of this episode, that whatever you think... Whatever my preconceived notions are about what this episode is going to be about... It will be turned on its head... It is every single time. Every time. I have no idea what's gonna happen it's like it's every time it's a terrifying experience to go into yeah there's no predictability like it's just i i have not learned how to predict this show yet like i feel like most shows are formulaic and this show like definitely is just incredibly formulaic but in the most like batshit form like it's it's formulaic in the way that like people who are deeply mentally ill are formulaic yeah like does that make any sense you know, it's like you, you, you know that like they're gonna do certain like self-destructive things. It's like oh, I can I can rely on this person to like have a suicide attempt, but that doesn't make them on a certain level any more predictable. It makes them like kind of, kind of like terrifying, terrifyingly predictable. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Would you might maybe but say not that, predictable at all? I don't know what I'm saying. Would you maybe say that like if if all TV shows were people. Saved by the Bell would be like the Patrick Bateman of uh, TV shows to the rest of the world. Maybe like it's the, gonna uh, kill you. I promise that. No, maybe like the Lindsay Lohan or the Britney Spears of television. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can we can still pick a different show. <laughs> it's not too late. It's too late. It's too late. You haven't we, seen. We can't just like you know change horses in the middle of the race. We can't just go to Alf. 
<laughs> we can. <laughs> we can. We'll do Elf after this. MacGyver. Nothing. Nothing else is gonna fill the hole that this show made. I guess I didn't used to have a hole, and then this show made a hole inside of me, and now it is the only thing that can fill it. Ugh. I gotta fill my hole, Brian. I'm. I would say that that's gonna be the most disgusting thing that happens tonight. But just wait till you watch <laughs> the episode. Um, no promises. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go watch episode five. And episode five. We will be Woo! back to discuss. All right, so we've just finished watching uh, episode five. <sighs> uh, oh boy. Do you want to just kind of oh, talk boy. through how you're feeling right now? I, uh, I mean we got to ease into this. I can't just, like, express my feelings about it, like, right off of the bat, because it's a really tangled mess in there right now, just how I feel about this this show and this episode and this world. Like, not just their world that they live in, but, like, our world. Well, let's let's start here. So, you know, we've, we've been through the dance competition at the max. We've been through yeah. Screech getting hit by lightning. We've been through Fatal Attraction. Where does this episode on the spectrum so far lie in terms of insanity slash... <sighs> I don't know what this spectrum looks like. It's not a straight line. It, no, there's, sure. there's nothing about this that's linear. It's, um, all right, like, rank it in terms of, like, craziness... Yeah, I mean, is it... I mean, I can't do that, because they're all just, like, equally crazy, and I I just... Like, right now, I feel like this one is the craziest one, but I know that, you know, if I rewatched one of the other ones, I'd be like, no, this is the craziest one. So just kind of lost for words right now. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, where do you even want to jump in? You know, every journey begins with one step or something. That's awful. Um, <laughs> so this show is awful. <laughs> the the show starts off like relatively normal, I would say. I mean, I guess they all kind of do. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, except that the, it starts out with them with a little volcano on their table. <laughs> they're uh, at the max. They all the ma- start at the max, right? They don't all start at the max. Really, um, but cold open. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I look forward to that. Yeah, um, I, I never said there was a cold open, but <laughs> cold open. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, actually, it it actually doesn't start with them. I don't know if you noticed, but at the very beginning, um, like it kind of pans from the left to the right. Uh, Jesse and Slater on the right. Kelly is eating alone at a table. Someone <laughs> comes to serve her. She has no dialogue. <laughs> But just kind of, like, immediately pans away from her. She's just sitting alone at a table just eating some french fries, even though there's, like, six of her friends in there. Like It's almost like a, like a fright to the audience. Like, oh, God, we're going to have to deal with Kelly. Oh, thank God we have to deal with Slater and Jesse. <laughs> um, but Slater and Jesse are... Psych audience. <laughs> um, but Jesse and Slater are, uh, you know, eating food at a table with a miniature volcano yeah. on their table. And, you know, uh, it's as children often do. Indeed, and um, it's for a science project that they seem convinced that they're going to get an A on. They're going to get a science medal for it. They're going to get the science medal for it, which I picture is just a big medal that says science on it. Did your school ever actually have a science fair? No! My school didn't either. I never once, because I would have entered a science fair. I feel certain that I would have. I was a kid who would have entered the science fair. Yeah. And I don't remember any science fairs. Are they, I think they're just a myth. 
I think they're like a permanent record or like yeah, I mean things that and it's in TV shows but not anywhere else. It's such a trope too, and it's such an awesome trope. Like the first, like the first thing that comes to mind when I think of like science fairs and TV shows is in The Simpsons when yeah. uh, he has the alcohol powered car. Yeah. Um, like that's awesome. Yeah, and the, the well, there were a couple of science fair up or no, I'm thinking of the diorama competition. Yeah, and there were like several others, but there there was a science fair with like the gerbils and the giant tomato. Yeah, yeah, it's in every, it's in like any show that has anything to do with school. There's always a science fair. Anyway, so they they play up this trope of there being a, a science fair. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a fairly normal episode. Fairly normal. You know. Um, <laughs> Science fair. Although they have this weird debate about what they should what they should call the volcano. Um, oh, yeah. And Slater referring to it as Slater's Crater. Yeah. Which, which is just clearly he doesn't understand what a crater is. Yeah. So, well, I guess like uh, there's a crater at the top of the volcano. Yeah. Isn't there? Well, sort of, but... But no, that's called the caldera. Oh, yeah. science fair. <laughs> Slatera's Caldera. Yes, Slatera Caldera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If he really wanted to go there, he would have gone there. But uh, somehow the, the lava gets activated. Well, because the... they just decide to activate it on the table. Yeah. They're just like, oh, this seems like a good idea. Let's test it out on this table in a restaurant. It's a horribly irresponsible decision. Um, that results in lava stains. Lava stains yeah. on on her on her clothes. Um, yeah. Now, once we move past the fairly normal opening, uh, Zach then comes in out of nowhere. He's just kind of lurking, waiting <laughs> to get attention from the fourth also wall. Also alone, like Kelly is alone. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly's alone. Zach is alone. And honestly, if he really wanted to get into Kelly's pants, it would probably be better served by not talking to the. To the camera, yeah, that doesn't Not exist in his world, but just himself. going over to the lonely girl. Yeah, well, that that's because needs you know, attention. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the reason for all of this is that he is really in love with Slater, and so he's just sort of like hanging on what Slater is doing. Oh, that's coming. Don't... Yeah, there's so much more of that yeah. in this episode. It's like crazy how homoerotic it is. Um, Zach, kind of. Relays to the audience that he's going through, uh, you know, he also needs a science project for this science fair. I don't think he's aiming for the medal. He just wants to get a get a passing grade on this project. Yeah, so they're, they're being forced into this science fair. It's yeah. Obligatory. But he is partnered with Screech, who is a... A, a, a brain. At, at least within the, the realm of this show, an unadulterated genius. He's an incredible inventor. Like, he should be... They should be fast-tracking him to MIT. Yeah. Like, with the shit that he does, and nobody gives a fuck about it. What did this machine do? It made his... It made his canary run into the <laughs> wall? That's what this machine did. Like, he was trying to get it to do something, and it, he, what were they trying to get it to do? I, I don't even think that they specified, actually, what it was supposed to do. He just said, It like, couldn't do what they wanted it to do. But it was able to make a canary fall, fly into a wall. Yeah. Which is... Repeatedly, like... Impressive. But, like, what does that mean? What kind of crazy, like, Tesla device did he create that, like, it's, like, mind control... <laughs> They're all your canaries. They're all your canaries, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) They're all your canaries, Mr. Morris. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) But, yeah, so... While they're having this conversation of, like... So, Screech comes into the scene, and they're talking about the science project. 
uh, Screech then you know sees Lisa come in, or she's like she's sitting at a table, and he's like, "Oh, how much I love her." Ugh. And this is actually like before we get into like what happens after that. This is something I want to talk about. Okay, so. A weirdly progressive thing in the show is this concept of, like, a high school interracial uh, love match, mm. I think. Um, so you have... Wait, is that, what, is that what's happening? Well, I mean, like... There's a, there's a high school interracial love match? What is, what is a love match? <laughs> well, okay, a love interest, like, okay. between Screech and Lisa. So that... Oh, I see. Okay, you're talking... I don't, wasn't... I'm sorry, I just... <laughs> Wait, Never is that what's that. happening? A interracial love match? What is no, that? No, I, thought you were talking, yeah, I thought you were talking about like Zach or um, no, 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 no. Between Slater or something between like, between Screech and Lisa. Yeah, that was that was that was advanced for the time. Well, I mean, okay, relative to everything else that happens in the show, I feel like it is... It is the edgiest thing that happens in this and, show. At least and, the, the the only purposefully edgy thing. And this is the late 80s. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, like, I'm not saying that it was the most unevolved period of of time, obviously, uh, but, like, considering everything, it's probably, it might be kind of a strange thing for, like, parents of the show. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> All these bigots being like, I don't want you watching that show no more. I don't, I doubt the viewership was high in Alabama. <laughs> um, but, like, you know... Turn that trash off. <laughs> but, like, when you juxtapose the hoped relationship that Screech has with Lisa... You have, like, this, you know, hope for a, you know, interracial high school romance. Yeah. Um, balanced against just endless amounts of, like, sexual assault and, yeah. like... Weird shit. Not like, really knowing how to deal with... Just unacceptable stuff. Like, women's rights or... Which we'll <laughs> also get to. I mean, it just... Women's rights. It just... It, yeah. it, <laughs> it just seems like a weirdly progressive component of... But also they chose Screech because he's like the non-threatening one because they know that she's never going to go for him. Because if they had like Zach or AC Slater try to go for her, like, I mean, she would, they would probably end up dating one of, she would end up dating one of them. Yeah. I'm sure at some point. Also like, what, did we ever figure out what, I mean, AC Slater's not white. Do they say he's like... Hispanic or I I promise Italian you. or like what do they say he is in the show? I don't know if this counts as a spoiler, but I will tell you this. I know he was a busboy in Belize, Bolivia, Bolivia. Damn it! But I will I I promise you this one area that this show does not really ever broach is identity politics. You can make that promise. I can right? make you're that not prom- afraid. You're not afraid of ruining that nope. for me. Like, oh no! Spoiler alert! At the very end, you look back on the entire series and realize that it never broached. <laughs> and actually, this this subject. this episode is like perfectly appropriate to have that conversation because we have the topic of like a clearly sexually confused Zach Morris, clearly, clearly sexually confused AC Slater, clearly sexually. Confused red shirt dude who's just like oh my we'll god get, we'll talk oh about it later oh my god that guy that guy okay. yeah but I mean like we gotta we gotta speed up so we get to that guy yeah but I, <laughs> but I mean <laughs> like I talk about. you know every like there, there's no there's no in this show there is no talk of race there's no talk of sexual identity there's okay. no we're not gonna get we're not gonna get that far yeah. so just it is not this is not Degrassi this is not Degrassi this is, if there's anything I've learned this is not Degrassi yeah. Um, this isn't Canada. This mm-hmm. is 
Los Angeles. <laughs> um, Maybe. It's it's somewhere. We don't really know where it is. This is America, comma, general. <laughs> Back to the story. Oh, uh, Scrooge sees Lisa across the way. Um, there's this weird slow motion moment where he's like reaches out his arms to like go hug her. <sighs> and it's this other beautiful, attractive black man comes in to, you know... Ooh. Yeah, I know. It's quite yeah, Who sexy. was that guy? They never talked about who that guy was. He's was not, he a friend? He's not relevant. You know, I looked up to see if I could find if there were any, like, interesting casting, if any of the other characters were in other shows after this or whatever. And there are actually, like, quite a few red shirt characters who have, like, one line or are central to a plot point. IMDb doesn't even mention them. They're not credited, but there's, like... This guy that causes all, like, the entire plot of this episode to happen, yeah. who does not have a line in this episode. Yeah. Uh, he just sort of talks silently with Lisa in the background and then, like, leaves. Yeah. There's the, the guy who announces that, you know, Screech is handcuffed later. That's his oh only line. Oh my god, yes. Can there... we talk about that guy real quick? <laughs> Since yeah. we're talking about, we're talking about a relevant character, but there, sure. oh my god, there's so many, yeah, you're right. We need to come up with a name for these characters. Like, are they just... Should we call them red shirts? Fellow students. Fellow students, yes. Let's call them... That's perfect. Let's call them fellow students. Okay, so this fellow student runs in, and he's like, this is after, you know, a bunch of stupid shit has happened, and Screech is sad, so he handcuffs himself to a locker. You never find out whose locker it is. Just a random one, I think, although it's right next to Kelly Kapowski's, which we know. But anyway, so he, like, he gets locked, he locks himself to this locker, like, as a protest, which, like, what, I don't know what he would hope to accomplish with something like that. And where are they that they're hanging out and they don't see... They're in a class. They're in class. They're in class. Oh my god, yeah, they're in class when this happens. And this guy, this fellow student, just, like, busts dramatically through the door, and what does he say? He, he says, says he says something to the effect of, oh my god, guys, you gotta come see this. Hey, guys, you gotta come see this. Like, just so... And he just throws himself into and this And they hole. never heard from him again. Yeah, and then maybe he died. Like, <laughs> he just throws himself into this role, like, hey, guys, you gotta come see this. And then everybody just immediately stands up and runs out of the classroom. It's perfect. And he's... Easily cognizant, like, when Tiananmen Square happened. Like, this is not the first time he's seen somebody... <laughs> this is Creech's Tiananmen Square. <laughs> yeah, this for is... sure. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not his first rodeo. And it's, I guess seeing it in the flesh is something completely different, you know? Um, so, then we move from the Max to the scene in Zach's bedroom where, uh, you know, Screech is just... Completely crestfallen over, you know, not being able to win Lisa's heart. And Zack is trying to, you know, inspire him with confidence. Um, when he's coaching Screech on, like, what to say to a girl, mm-hmm. the uh, Screech says, you know, well, the first thing I'd say is hello. <laughs> and his immediate response is no, because if you say hello, they'll say goodbye. If you say hello, they'll say goodbye. Which is... Which is a pop song, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> But, like, how does Zach Morris have friends? Like, if surely at some point you have to say hello to somebody. No, he's never said hello. <laughs> he's never said hello to a person in his life. 
think about it when he introduced himself to us as an audience he didn't start out with hello he just dived right in and that's how he immediately wins our hearts in this show i guess when he's looking right at us I, I I guess that's true. And in, in the next scene, they you know like Screech is trying to employ the tactics that Zach taught him. Um, he goes up to a girl. It does not go well. Mm-hmm. But in the process, so w- the first thing that happens is you know he says like "lo" and he uh, accidentally falls into the middle of a trash can. <laughs> yeah, that was good slapstick. And his justification for that is something having to do with like Chinese acrobats. Mm. That's oh yeah, not... like, this is what the Chinese acrobats. You know, this is actually yeah, this is what the Chinese acrobats do. The, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what he said. Trash cans. That's what they do. Um, <laughs> but I like there were two parts of this episode that I like genuinely laughed at because I thought they were actually funny. Yeah, and one of them was that moment where he falls in the trash can. Like I just felt like it was really a really good slapstick moment. Mm-hmm. And then the 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 scene in the bathroom. With yeah, the, that's the farce in the bathroom. That's we'll that's coming up very shortly. Yeah. Um, the other thing that he says in that scene after the girl, um, how do you say, repudiates his interests. Yeah, he says that he feels like hummingbird droppings. Yes, which. I don't think anybody has ever said before or after any. Yeah, I was. I feel like even hummingbird scientists have probably never said that phrase. I don't know. There, there are a few examples throughout the episode. Those are a few, but like, I feel like for whoever wrote this episode was really in kind of a surreal state of mind. Whoever wrote his character generally must have just been mentally ill. Or at just least not just, even holding back at yeah, all. Yeah, just the cr- the cruelest person in the world to subject a twelve year old to a role like this. Like this, you know, I'm starting to okay. So I've been I I know I've been hating on Screech like this whole podcast, but this is the first episode where I started to like feel for him. I was just like too disgusted by him to even feel anything for him. Really? No, yeah. But like in this episode, like when he invents this amazing crazy device that like makes a canary fly into a wall. It's like mind control for animals. Like what what the hell kind of a device is this? And they don't even care. They just brush it off. They're just like, oh, it's just like that crazy thing that you invented that opens and closes all of the lockers. And also they're just playing games with him, like sociopaths. Like they're just like, they made up a person and had him fall in love with her and then pretended to be, I, I'm jumping ahead in the plot, but like, I d- they just really mess with him <laughs> so badly. And they, like, they turned him into a monster. Like... The final thing I want to talk about in that scene, uh, where with with Screech uh, being rejected by the girl, is Jesse comes into the scene and Zach is like, "Oh, hey, I have this really good guy. You'd like to date him?" She says, "You know, who is it? Uh, you know, tell me about him." He kind of describes him, and she's like, "Oh, it sounds great. Who is it?" And he's like, "Screech," and she's like, "Oh yeah," eh, like Barf. She, she does like the bulimic. Barf. Face yeah. and yeah. the conclusion of all of this is that Zach's gonna have to come up with somebody. Like he's just gonna have to fabricate a person's existence to pretend to care about Screech. Yeah, he's gonna do. Uh, who's the football player? Uh, the football player with the imaginary girlfriend. Oh, Monte Teo. Monte Teo. He's yeah. gonna do a Monte Teo on. He's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna. Monte- Topical audience that happened like a really long time ago. Yeah, like, it was still. Well, yeah, it was like two years ago. But, but it's a. It's a terrible story. It really, it's a story that, like, really upsets me. And so this whole plotline also upsets me. 
Yeah, so... Um, th- Except Screech doesn't have millions of NFL dollars to cushion the blow when it inevitably falls. So, uh, Zach says, you know, Screech, you should use this payphone to call at this time. Um, you know, I'm sure I can get this girl yeah. to, to talk to you. He's getting lost in his own web of lies already. So, um, first of all, uh, it's obviously Zach who's calling and pretending to be a girl named Bambi. And he had his phone taken away by Belding. Did he just get it back? Like, why did they give it back to him? Questions abound. I know it doesn't seem weird to kids out there today who have <laughs> their cell phones anywhere, but back in our day, it was not common. But, you know, he, so he, you know, he calls Screech on this, on his cell phone, um, he goes into the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect farce. It's like, it's just classic farce. Um, I mean, it's like an old stage play or like a kind of like, like a 70s BBC show that's like just one set and people are like opening and closing doors. It's like fucking what the butler saw or whatever. Um, it's. So they're like, yeah, he walks into the bathroom on his enormous Zach phone, and he's talking to his friend Screech in a in a woman's voice, and he says he's Bambi, and he walks in and he's talking, he's saying all of these nice things, but it turns out that Belding is in the stall, he's like taking a dump in the stall, because you see his feet <laughs> under the door, and Zach doesn't realize that he's there, and he doesn't realize that Zach is there. So he, Belding hears what Zach is saying, thinks it's actually a girl, and that the girl, Bambi, is talking to him. And so to him, it sounds like she's proclaiming her love to him or whatever. But then he starts, he's like, whoa, 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 let me interrupt you. I'm very flattered, but here are the reasons we can't be together, basically. <laughs> Belding is like... <laughs> He's, like, turning down the advances of this imaginary girl. And, like, he's doing it all from the bathroom stall, so he can't even see her. And then does Zach realize that this is happening? He does. And then he just backs slowly out of the bathroom, Indeed, yeah. Yeah, like, he's just like, I'm out. Like, Mm. so he never knows that it's Zach. But then, like, Belding is still talking, and A.C. Slater comes in. And Belding is still in the stall, so he doesn't know that A.C. Slater has come in, and A.C. Slater has no idea what has just transpired in this bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And then Belding comes out, and he's like, I wasn't, I wasn't talking, he's all all blustering, he's like, I wasn't talking to you, I wasn't talking to you, I was was talking to the girl that was in here. The idea is that Slater has inadvertently caught him in what sounds like he was having sex with a female student in the bathroom. Yeah, he was basically like, oh, you're a pedophile, okay. And he's, like, making all of these, like, winks and jokes about it. Yeah, remember that at report card time. Yeah, and it's like, bro, you are in a bathroom with a pedophile. Get out of there. (laughs) Like, but he's like, uh, cop building red-handed. Like, this is a serious thing. This is a serious thing that you think that he's done. Even though he hasn't really, although... He is just a generally very questionable character. But, you know, there is this, like, you know, theoretical pedophilia that has occurred. Um, he seems to only care about it in the sense that it might be able to help him in terms of his grades yeah. later on. he, like, blackmails him! I feel like we should start a thing where, like, we take little, like, mini-plots from, from one of these episodes, like, when we're unpacking it, and it could totally be the plot for, like, a really serious... Like, intense drama. Like, boy walks into restroom 
and finds evidence of high school principal sleeping with like 14 year old girls yeah and instead of doing anything like real about it he blackmails him for something that would be an intense movie that would be such an intense movie that's like a notes on a scandal you know (laughs) we could make millions of dollars just like turning the insane plot lines from this show into actual movies and nobody would know (laughs) nobody would notice so then, like, this, the classroom scene happens after this, but they decide that, like, it's time for, you know, Screech to meet Bambi because um, that's when the red shirt comes in and says, Hey, everybody, you gotta come see this. They see Screech <laughs> stuck to a locker. Then we go to a scene in Mr. Belding's office where Mr. Belding is, has gotten into sensitive sweater mode. Is gonna comfort Screech into oh, yeah. figuring and they, out. They just bring Screech still attached to the lockers. They just bring him in. My favorite part about this is that the entire premise of the scene is that Belding is trying to call a maintenance person to unhandcuff Screech from the lockers. Again, a very suspicious situation for someone to walk in on. Indeed, because Belding. it's a twelve-year-old boy handcuffed, handcuffed. but. The whole premise of the scene is that he's... Okay, they're going to call a maintenance guy to come unhandcuff him. Someone that's apparently not the maintenance people brought in the lockers from the hallway into his office. Which would have required, like, a blowtorch and, like, a forklift. I mean... Someone can pick a lock for shitty handcuffs. Yeah, and they just just wrenched two lockers out from (laughs) the wall... Dragged them to the principal's office to just have them in there. Just this because is, he needed to talk to Screech alone, I guess. This is the most unbelievable part of this entire series. So You're far. right. That's I do think that that's the biggest leap in in like reality. That jump the shark. Oh yeah, as <laughs> if that phrase applies to this show in any way. Like, <laughs> jump the shark. I, from minute one. Tell me, there can't, there can't, is there a jump, is there a shark jumped, shark jumping moment? I think, I think the, I need, I, it's been a while since I watched the college years. I think that might actually be like slightly more in the, in the normal realm. Mm. But, not really, but yeah. like, like relative to what we've seen. So, um, still in that scene, like as a principal, he orders Zach, a student, to materialize a woman to appear before Screech. Yeah, that's a big overstep of his authority. In an environment outside of the school. And if he doesn't, he's in trouble in the school. It doesn't make any sense. It's like that's crossing so many boundaries. He has overstepped his boundaries in a way that... Ugh, I feel like high school principals are actually that insane. Yeah. Like, maybe that's just, like, maybe that's why Belding works as a character as much as any of these people work as characters. Like... He's a great man, too. I mean, he's... Well... He's a great... I don't want to exaggerate, but he is a great man. (laughs) Wait, is it it Belding you're talking about, or... Yes. The guy who plays Belding? Well, I I mean, definitely Belding more (laughs) than the man who plays Belding. Definitely Belding is a good man. (laughs) Not the man who plays him. Doesn't he do... Well, of all of the people that would come on our podcast, he would probably be, like, the one to do it, because he goes... We could just pay him money, and he would be on our podcast. Yeah, we should probably probably find his email address and Mm -hmm. talk to his agents. 
Mr. Belding. <laughs> His agent, Mr. What? Mr. Belding. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> either his agent is also named Mr. Belding. Either he is his own agent, and oh, his, in his I he see. he plays a <laughs> he plays a dichotomous identity known as Mr. Belding, <laughs> who is his agent, or <laughs> he has paid somebody to refer to themselves as Mr. Belding and is functioning as his agent. No, I think That's it's one theory. of those... I bet it's one of those things where, like, if you call him, call his agent, then it's just, like, <laughs> it goes to, like, his landline, and he answers it, and he's like, hello? And they're like, hi, is this, you know, blah, 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 um, you know, Mr. Belding's agent or whatever? <laughs> He'll be like, oh, um, yes, this is Mr. Belding. <laughs> oh, is this Mr. Belding's agent? Huh? <laughs> Please hold! Please hold! Oh, God, Mr. Belding! <laughs> and, like, just a moment! And then she just... <laughs> <laughs> she, like, puts, he puts his hand over the receiver makes some stepping noises. <laughs> and it's Mr. Belding! Oh, I was just like... <laughs> Someone called me! <laughs> Mr. Belding, there's a Zach Morris on the phone and he's stalked you! <laughs> Tell him I'm busy. This is very important. <laughs> Do you think all communications are done on cell phones that are like Zach Morris phones? Like he's still in like 2014, like using just giant oh, phones. That was the dream. Okay, so unbelievably, all of this is to. So he he forces this weird request out of Zach. Zach complies, and we then lead into the uh, the ultimate scene in which Zach. Oh my god. Cross dresses as a woman to portray this character Bambi to pretend to be Screech's love interest. Which, <laughs> really, I'm, you know, now that I've had a few minutes to, to soak it up, to just wallow in it, I'm actually kind of surprised that they didn't go there sooner. Because I don't it's know. Episode five. It feels organic. I know, <laughs> but it's like it's 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 episode five. There are all these episodes where he could have just been, and it was the best part to me was how much he seemed to enjoy it. And I'm not just saying this like to make fun of him. Like I really think it was like an awesome performance. He like put on this like soft like raspy southern accent and he had this big hair and he did all these little gestures with his hands that were just like perfect like. And his outfit was incredible. He got his, his nails done. He got his nails done. He had, like, yeah. He oh had, my god! Yeah, he had like red acrylic nails. Yeah. He was wearing. He was wearing makeup. lipstick. He was wearing these beautiful rose-hued, gigantic glasses. Mm-hmm. So good, like gold-rimmed, rose-hued. Like he looked incredible. He looked like a designing woman. Like he looked. <laughs> I. What else did he look like? He was. He was just wonderful and he totally just like threw himself into this like persona and he, he was really good at it he was a really good drag queen he was like Thelma or Louise before their time yeah he was um, like Thelma or Louise but like back like before they get all like dusty and like yeah. wind blown you know they... it's like the beginning of the movie Thelma <laughs> and Louise more than the interaction between uh, Zack and Screech I want to talk more about the interaction between Zack and Slater. Oh my god, yeah. Because Zack is, you know, he comes into the Max, he sits down at the table, meets 
meets up with Screech. They're having a conversation. Slater or Screech says something like, "You know, you want to meet some of my friends," and Slater happens to be the first one nearby. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Slater doesn't recognize him at first, and he like hits on him, doesn't he? Yeah, so he like, he hits on him. He actively he, hits on him. He's like, "Oh, um, damn." He even you said, remind me of my friend Zach Morris. <laughs> well, he said I sat in a woman. He he says something to the effect of like referring to Screech. He says something like, "Oh, little guy's got good taste," uh, which is which, creepy in every also just like conceivable also facet. So just like shitty on the level of like, oh, like Screech is supposed to be your friend, and like if this was an say this was an actual girl and not just your other horrible friend dressed up as a woman and pretending to be a girl. Like, say it was actually a girl that he had out on a date and, like, Slater found her attractive. He doesn't even hesitate to just completely steal his girlfriend. Like, if this was a real girl, he'd be like, hey, hey, hey. Like, just <laughs> hitting on her disgustingly right in front of Screech. That is so shitty. All of them are so shitty. They're such just sociopaths. They don't care about each other at all. Yeah. I don't understand it. He hits on Zack. Then responds by slapping him in the face and saying, "Oh, fresh!" Yeah, oh my God, it's so erotic. And just, yeah, he slaps him and he's like, "Don't be fresh." And that's the moment that Slater immediately knows that it's Zach yeah, That's the moment that he recognizes him. He's like, "Oh, I remember this wild cat now. I've <laughs> been slapped bitchily in the face by this man before. Like, why is that? Yeah, why is that the moment that he recognizes him as Zach Morris?" And like what what I what I also love about that is that in spite of hitting on him um, before he knew, getting slapped by him, finding out who it is, his immediate first comment after that is looking down at his legs and saying, <laughs> "Nice legs." Oh my god! And it's not. I don't think it's because it's a man with shaved legs. I think it's because it's he's genuinely very attracted. To he each other. wants to put it in. They're very whatever hole. He they've can. got a lot of hormones. The situations they put all of these kids in is just yeah weird and upsetting. In the immediate aftermath of that, Zach is trying to reestablish like a conversation with the person he's supposed to be there to talk to, which is Screech. Yeah. Um, and Slater keeps kind of, like, butting into the conversation. Like, he keeps kind of, like, you know, hitting him on the shoulder and being like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Like, while he's trying to, you know, convince Screech that... Meanwhile, is Kelly still eating french fries alone in the corner? (laughs) 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 And Lisa's still talking to her gentleman who we never know. (laughs) There's all this other stuff going on. Why is Kelly eating alone? (laughs) <laughs> but then there's, like, what I view as the the uh, most upsetting moment, at least that we've seen so far, which is Slater is, like, says something to him, to Zach, jokingly, and then grabs at his bosom. Oh my god, yeah, he, he gropes him. As explicitly as you can, he just grabs on to Lefty. He just gropes him. Like, like an animal. It's awful. <laughs> like... I know it's a f- I know it's fake. I know it's a costume. It's still like jarring though. You can't like, do that. You can't yeah, do that. Yeah, I know it's transphobia. <laughs> no, it's it's I don't know what it is. It upsets me though. <laughs> Very deep. He wants on that. <laughs> he grabbed the, uh, What is um, this show? 
And, like, the rest of it is, like, it's... Like, it's almost... Like, at this point, it's... To me, it almost became boring. Like, he's... The relationship between Zack and Slater became the the predominant Oh, yeah. Focus. That's where all of the tension is. And so, like, when Zack is, like, tension. trying to find an excuse to, like, not go out with Screech, and he lays out, like, the rules, yeah. like... You know, you have to get rid of you have to get rid of Zach Morris. He has to get rid of himself. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "Well, I can't do that." And they're like, "All right, we're done." It's boring. Yeah. It's not Slater grabbing at his chest or looking at his legs. Yeah. Or the real show is already over at that point. This weird, like, you know, desire for a hate fuck. Like that's all that's <laughs> happening right now. Oh my god! It is totally. Hate fuck. That's what it is. Um, uh, it's so frustrating because you know they're not going to the end. the the final The final moment is uh, Jesse saying that Zach is such a good friend for for tricking Screech into all yeah, of this. Yeah, he gets rewarded. He's like, "Oh, you're a good person for doing this." Like, no, you're an awful person for doing any of this in the first place. It's a bold claim. That <laughs> is to be sure. They're all they're all just like, "Good job. You're a good guy." Like, after he just, like, tortured someone, a kid that he says is his friend. As soon, like, as soon as she finishes saying what a great guy he is for this particular thing, when he's not being a good, like, he's being an asshole. Yes, yeah. As soon as that happens, Kelly's, like, comes in and is like, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. You guys want to come with me? And Zach is like, absolutely. And he's, yeah. like, trying to invade the girl's bathroom in to, his in drag. Yeah, he wants to be in drag. And Jesse holds him back, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, he wants to go perv on girls. Although, no, maybe this was just him. Maybe that was, like, his thing where he was trying to be like, guys, this is my identity. This is, like, I feel right doing this, and I'm trying to tell you that about myself. And they're just like, <laughs> ew, gross! <laughs> Stay in the girl's bathroom! <laughs> And he doesn't try again until he's like twenty two. It's it's very <laughs> his friends to understand. It's, it's very awful. It's very possible. Okay, um, that's that's I just figured out Zach's backstory. He's possibly trans. Maybe maybe just a cross dresser. Well, regardless, I wanna circle back. Considering <laughs> everything that happened in this episode. Yeah. The thing that came to my attention during the episode was the writer. Of the episode. Um, the guy who wrote the episode is a guy named Bob Collery. He has written quite a few things. He actually has written a few episodes of Save the Bedwell. He is an Emmy winner. Uh, nice. He has... Or Save the Bell, I'm assuming. No, not in the least. He wrote an episode of MASH. He won an Emmy with an, for an episode of Barney Miller... Uh, he wrote on the original Captain Kangaroo series in the 50s. Um, he has written for many, many, many good shows, including The Golden Girls, Benson, <gasps> Night Court. Oh, Benson. Um, Night Court. Dude. This guy's a hero. Yeah. Um, he's written great stuff. And then at this point in his career is when it went entirely to shit. At this he, point, after it was, it was Saved this by the Bell? moment. He wrote two episodes of Good Morning, Miss Bliss. He wrote four episodes of Saved by the Bell. <sighs> he wrote four episodes of a show called Valerie, which featured Valerie Harper, who played Rhoda in the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh. It was a terrible show. I've seen it. It was awful. <laughs> he wrote seven episodes of Harry and the Hendersons, which. <laughs> 
Wait, Harry and the Hendersons. Harry and the Hendersons was a show. It was a show. I forgot it was a show. He wrote an episode of Promised Land. He wrote an episode of Touched by an Angel. Oh. Um. <laughs> low. Yeah. So low. <laughs> it all went to hell. And apparently, he has. I don't know if this is actually real, but apparently, he is signed on to be the writer of a TV movie coming out this year called Natasha Male Order Bride: Escape to America. That's the name of the show? That's the name of the TV movie. The TV movie, say it again? Natasha, Mail Order Bride, Escape to America. Which I think is racist in the title of Escape the- Escape to America is such a hilarious subtitle. Is it a subtitle or, or is it like a, a tagline? It's all just one title. There's no colon? Nope. <laughs> it's just one time. <laughs> There's only spaces between those words. There is no punctuation- <laughs> <laughs> That's coming out this year. Oh man. We can take an intermission yeah. and watch that. This, this show then obviously drove this man to the brink. What's his name? <laughs> his name's Bob Collery. Bob Collery just self destructed after he was on this show. He saw some things. Maybe we can get him he on the show. He saw some things. Yeah, let's get him on the show. <laughs> that would be so great. But I mean, like, when I, when I, when I read that list of shows, I think a, a bunch of. Legitimate sitcoms in the 70s, 80s, 90s that had laugh tracks, but were still great. Like Night Court and Benson and Barney Miller and Golden Girls. Like, they're all great shows. Yeah, all of them. fucking amazing. Um, and he won an Emmy. And then as soon... Like, this is the point. Like, when you can actually see the point in his career where he does this and everything after it is terrible. Oh, my God. Touched by an angel. I feel like, like I'm watching. What? J- I feel like I'm watching JFK <laughs> right now. You're just like here. This is where the trajectory of his career dipped, and you've got like back into the left, back into the left, into the left, pointing with like graphs all over. <laughs> oh my god! What? Like, ugh! I just. What happened to you? All right, so looking forward to next week. Uh, next week's episode is uh, episode six. The episode title is Aloha Slater. Awesome! So it's a Slater episode. It is very Slater centric. Awesome. Um, and the question: and Does he wear Hawaiian shirts? The question for you to ruminate is: Does hello mean, or does Aloha mean hello or goodbye? Oh, nice. So Let's see, well, apparently. If you say hello, she'll say goodbye. So. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been fun. Until next time. Uh, until next time. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.